you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. When I was in college and entering into grad school, a craze swept through eastern North Carolina like none other. I think it hit the whole country for sure, but definitely eastern North Carolina. Amish friendship bread. Please tell me you know what I'm talking about. Somebody would show show up at your home with this little sweet loaf of cinnamony, sugary, delicious, they called it bread, but it's cake, that you would would delight in. They'd also bring you a little teeny Ziploc bag with a quarter cup of goo in it and instructions for what to do. You would put in some flour and you'd put in some sugar, and it would grow, and then after a couple days of squishing this bag, you'd divide it into more bags, and then you'd add more sugar and more flour, and it would grow, and before you know it, you're running an Amish friendship bread operation out of your house. This is like the original multi-level marketing. Before we were all selling essential oils and uh, makeup and these other things, we were pawning Amish friendship bread off on one another. It went from nothing to consuming your refrigerator. I've been thinking lately about little things that consume a lot. Uh, We have a KitchenAid mixer in our house that we use about twice a year uh, to bake something. We we love the idea of it, but it's a royal pain because you have to clean it up afterwards and it's got all these nooks and crannies and it weighs about 600 pounds. That's hyperbole, but it's heavy. Uh, And so you you use it, you clean it up, and you put it in the cabinet uh, not to be seen again until the next time you decide to bake. We have it, uh, uh, an area where we kind of stick it with the other stuff you never touch. The, the mandolin that can cut off your fingers. You know, the, the kitchen doodads that aren't really uh, every day. We baked something using our KitchenAid mixer one time, cleaned it up and stuck it in the cabinet. It must have been a couple months before we opened up this cabinet again, only to discover that mold had taken over the entire cabinet. We had left just a little bit just a dusting, apparently, of flour and sugar and yeast or whatever, and this whole cabinet was now consumed. We ended up having to throw away any of the permeable uh, material in there and bleach and deep clean this whole thing because of the way it had taken off. It went from something tiny to something massive. Uh, We see this these days with uh, internet conspiracies. They start as uh, just a little somebody posting something here, and before you know it, it's all over the internet. We see it in construction. Things, you look around like uh, the pyramids of Egypt, these little bricks that on their own are not much, but eventually grow to be this big thing. We've got these random Uh, little stories of little becoming big in Matthew 13. And I think it situates us right in the middle of how the story of God is changing. He, uh, He tells us about a mustard seed. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed where little things get thrown out and big things happen. I love that Sarah showed you pictures of mustard seeds so I didn't have to because they're, they're remarkably tiny. They make the little celery seed on mom's deviled eggs look like massive watermelon seeds. It's, it's, it is tiny and yet it grows into this big bird habiting bush. The kingdom of heaven is like where something little gives birth to something big. He told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast was worked its way all the way through the dough. A bushel of flour is enough to make about a hundred loaves of bread. This is not an insignificant amount of flour, but it would take a fairly insignificant amount of yeast to make this happen. You take this small little, probably quarter cup of yeast, mix it in with this flour, and it just multiplies and changes and transforms this ordinary flour into extraordinary bread. And it not only changes the quality, but it changes the quantity. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed and like yeast. I think early on Jesus is showing us how different this is than what the world expects. They expect the kingdom of heaven to look like the kingdom of Israel under the king of David. They expect something big and massive to change the face of the world. They expect a warrior king who will come in and wage battle against Rome. Because that's, that's really kind of the, the climax of their story, right? It started small for Israel the first time. It started with Abraham and his family. We read how it kind of works through this one little house of Abraham to work into them being a nation that controls the very trade routes between Egypt and Mesopotamia. How it climaxes with David, this king after God's own heart, this warrior who has uh, set up shop and who, who now we read is going to have a dynasty after him. This is the big kingdom that the people are expecting. And instead, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed and like a little bit of yeast kneaded in the flour. It's going to look like Jesus' ministry that they're already experiencing. It's going to look like 3 and 12 and 72 being changed and transformed and going and telling others. The people wanted the Roman Empire overthrown, but instead what happened is within the first 300 years, you have the spread of Christianity beyond the bounds of the known world. This little bit that started in this little land bridge between Egypt and Mesopotamia grows massively across the face of the earth. 
kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed and like yeast. We're probably more familiar with those than the other parables here. Uh, scholars have made their career on the parables of Matthew 13. Jack Dean Kingsbury, his entire uh, uh, writing corpus is around this one chapter. You've probably heard parable or sermon after sermon on the parable of soils and what type of soil you're going to be. You've probably heard a lot of uh, sermons on the weeds and the wheat. You've probably heard people talk about the mustard seed and the yeast. But the one-sentence parable of the kingdom of heaven being like a treasure that someone hid in a field which someone else found covered up, full of joy, the finder sold everything and bought the field. I don't think you've probably heard many sermons on that passage. Frankly, I didn't remember that it was part of Matthew 13, and I have uh, translated this passage a number of times. I've studied it for school, and it's this almost throwaway sentence. But yet at the same time, it's Jesus telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a treasure that somebody hid in a field, which someone else found they covered it up, but then full of joy, they sold everything and they bought that field. Unwritten is, then they uncovered the treasure, experiences the riches of what was there in that field, and their life was changed because they went and did this thing. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who finds something valuable and gives up whatever it costs to receive that thing that is valuable. The, the story isn't, they found a treasure in the field, they took it and had a great life. So they sold everything else to be part of this. The kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed and yeast. This uh, small, small thing giving birth to something great. And it's also like a treasure that would be easy to miss. Something hidden, but yet which transforms the finder's entire life. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one very precious pearl, he went and sold all that he owned and bought it. This person was on the look for something different. Out searching after pearls and knew enough that when they saw this pearl, they sold everything and bought it. The idea being, there's something to be seen in the kingdom of heaven. That when you see what is happening, you give up everything for it. The kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed it's like a little bit of yeast in the bread it's like discovering great riches in the midst of a field selling everything and going after it it's like purposely seeking out something finding it and realizing its value giving up everything and pursuing it Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that people threw into the lake and gathered all kinds of fish. When it was full, they pulled it to the shore when they sat down and put the good fish together into containers. But the bad fish they threw away. 
That's the way it will be at the end of the present age. The angels will go out and separate the evil people from the righteous people and they'll throw the evil ones into a burning furnace. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Jesus seems to suggest, if you didn't get it last, last paragraph, when, last story when I was telling you about the weeds and the wheat, let me try it a different way. There's good fish and bad fish. Fish that are good for food and fish that are rotten. Fish that you can eat and fish that are not. How the kingdom of heaven is, there are good fish, there are bad fish. Are you like good fish? Or are you like bad fish? He again even explains to make sure we know that the kingdom of heaven is the people ultimately separated by Christ and his angels, not by our uh, judgment. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows into an, its own ecosystem, this giant bush that sustains life. The kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast kneaded into bread that brings forth goodness and grandeur. The kingdom of heaven is like finding something in the midst of nothing and giving up everything for it. The kingdom of heaven is like going after something beautiful and finding it and doing everything you have to to pursue it. The kingdom of heaven is like the fish hauled into the boat. There are good and there are bad and Jesus will sort them out. And then as a good uh, rabbi would do, Jesus says, have you understood all these things? And they said, yeah. I wonder how confident they actually were in saying yes. Then he said to them, therefore let every legal expert who has been trained as a disciple for the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings old and new things out of their treasure chest. I think this was supposed to clear things up for Peter and the disciples to, to give them their so therefore go kind of moment. But Jesus still speaks like a rabbi talking in terms of parable and image and, and one that frankly is distant for us. We know that most of his disciples weren't Pharisees, they weren't scribes, they weren't leaders of the temple. Frankly, there are, there are rabbi school dropouts who are now tax collecting and fishing and doing these things that don't seem anything like the religious leaders, but yet he calls them now a legal expert. But then says, legal experts who have been trained as a disciple in the kingdom of heaven, they're going to be like the head of a household who brings out old and new things from their treasure chest. Uh, there was a brief period in our family's life where we watched the uh, Real Housewives of whatever was on Bravo. There was Orange County and Beverly Hills and New Jersey and Atlanta and Dallas and wherever. And in this, there was always this like, are you old money or are you new money? Uh, where have your riches come from? What do you have on display? And there was always this judgment between the two camps. I think at the heart of this, Jesus is saying that there's riches both old and new. That 
there has been this little, this little thing planted for a long time that's going to come into something new. He invites them not to jettison their past. Frankly, he connects them to it by calling them teachers of the law. Draw on Israel's story. Draw on the full picture of Yahweh and what he has done in redeeming humanity. But now look at the new. Look how this this same God has taken on flesh and is planting these small little seeds who is kneading in this yeast, who is pointing you to a treasure that you didn't even know you were looking for, this, this God who's creating something like the finest pearl. The kingdom of heaven is this crashing in of something new, something old. It's It's that moment where we begin to pivot away from the fall and back to new creation. And Jesus ends with this idea that they should share it. Let me give you all these confusing parables that I have to explain to you. Let me not explain half of them, Jesus does. He he just throws them out there. He commissions them to be the new leaders of God's people and to bear witness. The early church had no grand evangelism plan. They didn't hire a consulting firm to come in and develop mission statements. They didn't have the 16 steps to the new building They had people who had the Spirit sown into them who were transformed into this massive new thing. There were people who uh, had the leaven of God kneaded into them and were transformed. There were people who had discovered when they weren't even looking this new type of kingdom. There were people who had hoped hope for a simple pearl but instead they found this the early church grew not because they took a bullhorn and went onto a street corner the early church grew because they bore witness to how their lives were different people looked and went that is beautiful I want to be part of whatever has happened to you I I see that your life is different. Tell me about it. The early church's worship was word and table. They gathered and told the story and they feasted together. They told the story about this God who created everything from nothing. This God who made covenant in Abraham. This God who gave law through Moses and this God who took on flesh in Christ. They told the story of how God was three in one. 
They told the story about how Christ had died and yet Christ was still alive. They told the story of how they had God living in them and enabling them to look different. They told the story of how Christ and his body was coming back to make all things new. And then they feasted. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. This tiny little thing that grows into something huge. The kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast kneaded into bread that creates loaf after loaf after loaf of the best bread. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure unearthed and worth giving up everything for. The kingdom of heaven is like seeking out something good and finding the best, going after a pearl and finding one worthy of leaving everything else behind. The kingdom of heaven is like where good and bad exist at the same time. Where ultimately there is not uh, just good. But the kingdom of heaven is like the people of God being sent out to bear witness to the good in the midst of the bad. I'm sure every generation says, now more than ever, the world needs to see the kingdom of heaven breaking in. I think now more than ever, the world needs to see that the kingdom of heaven is breaking in. They need to see the beauty and the grandeur and the difference that the kingdom of heaven makes. They need to see that the kingdom of heaven stands over and against the kingdom of earth. They need to see how God is taking something small making something magnificent. And as the church exists as the church in a very different way than we did five months ago, the world needs to see the kingdom of heaven looking like us, bearing witness to how God has transformed our hearts and our lives, how God is making us new, how God is making us beautiful things. And how God would love to do the same for them. Friends, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Does the world see it? Are you bearing witness to it? Are we the little vessels that God is going to use? Or are we just going to say, not me? The world desperately needs to see the kingdom of heaven. And it starts with you and I. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God. Yahweh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Jesus had to explain the kingdom to the disciples who were looking for something else. Help us show the world the kingdom as she trusts in something else. Help us Help us receive the gift of your spirit and give birth to something beautiful. Help us, uh, help us bring the old and the new to bear in a world that is so, so angry and so hurting. To a world that is so confused and so isolated. Lord, Plant us as mustard seeds. Knead us in as leaven. Help us bear witness to those those things that the world doesn't even know they desire. And help us show how your kingdom is worth giving up everything for. And then help us be good fish. Lord, we know that none of this is possible outside your grace. So pour it out lavishly. Fill us with your spirit and go with us as we go from this place. We all pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.